Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS162 or MS170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, I'm not going to make you talk golf on today's podcast, but I do have to show you something. You just saw Happy Gilmore for the first time. Yeah. And you know the funny caddy in Happy Gilmore? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think I think he might have curly hair. Yeah, 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 exactly. His son became a professional golfer who now has almost won two of the last three majors, one of the best in the world, named Will Zalatoris. What a story. Wow. The, isn't the resemblance on Yeah. No, he looks a lot. That's Definitely crazy. Definitely not his son. But they do. <laughs> they look Dude, like they Paul. could be. Unacceptable. <laughs> oh, not your fault was... for not knowing. But they look like they could be. That was great. One day I'm going to get you back like that. Exactly how you just did. Oh, that. you are? Yeah. All right. Okay. Challenge accepted. All right, welcome in another episode of What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcast and the YouTube show after a marvelous Father's Day, which we will discuss. It was marvelous for a lot of reasons. I hope all the dads out there had a wonderful Father's Day. I hope all the single moms out there got a little Father's Day love. You know, this is uh, almost a point of contention in this house. Yeah, once upon a time. Uh, my wife, your mother, was a single mom. Yeah. She got Mother's Day and Father's Day. And now there's Father's Day for me and Mother's Day for her. And there was a period of time, not anymore, but where there was almost a little bit of like, like, hey, this is supposed to be life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for everyone out there, I hope everyone, all families come in all different shapes and sizes. Hope you all had a wonderful Father's Day. I spent mine kicking ass in an international poker tournament. We will explain that at the end of the show. It is a true story and, to be honest, a truly glorious story. But. Before we get into what we are going to talk about on today's show, which is some breaking news that happened just about an hour before we recorded the podcast, let's start with, as we always do, what we're not discussing on today's show. Here's what did not make the cut. Matt Fitzpatrick winning the U.S. Open. Oh, it was a thrilling finish. I'm sure you were locked in for the final, you know, for the final 18 on Sunday to Monday. Serena playing Wimbledon. Oh, that, that actually is exciting. And Bart Scott saying Peyton Manning was scarier for defenses than Tom Brady. That actually doesn't surprise me at all. However, we are still in the afterbirth, if you will, of the NBA Finals, the NBA season. So we're going to start with the NBA and I think start with some NBA breaking news. Demonze, oh, look at you. See, I don't even know if you did this on purpose, but today is our first show post-NBA, pre-NFL, we're technically the only major sport going on is baseball, and you are wearing a Mets jersey 
that I don't know where you got or how you have. Yeah, they won last night just showing support. Oh, okay. Oh, did they? Yep. Oh, I was unaware. No, no, no. I got you just now. I got you way sooner than I oh, planned on. But did, um, they didn't win last night. I don't think they even had a game. Okay, night. my guess is they did have a game, and they might have won. They're actually quite good. So let's find out if you did, <laughs> in fact, get me. Uh, the thing with baseball is they play almost every day. The Mets lost last <laughs> night, so you did get well played, well played, even though it was a little bit of luck involved. You got me way sooner than expected. You got me live on the show. That's no problem. All right, what are we starting with? Let's get to the actual show. Shams report Kyrie and Nets are at an impasse. Yeah. Uh, might be a free agent soon and teams like the Lakers, Clippers, and Knicks are interested. Yep. Uh, so did like Katie and Kyrie like have a fallout? You know, what happens here and what happens next? Okay, no, I don't think Katie and Kyrie had a fallout. I Now listen, I'm not reporting anything on this, but from what I deduce, it's not about Katie or Kyrie having a fallout. It's about the Nets trying to retake control of their franchise. Yep. The Nets wanted Kevin Durant. He wanted Kyrie Irving, so they remade the franchise in their image. It seemed like a good idea. Then, when KD missed his first year and Kyrie was in and out that first year, they made him get rid of Kenny Atkinson, which appears to have been a huge mistake, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Kenny Atkinson's going to be in the show, I think, actually. Uh, yep. the, the DeAndre Jordan, you had to sign DeAndre Jordan. You had to give DeAndre Jordan minutes. That was a mistake. And so much of the drama surrounding the Nets over the last couple of years is not the fault of Kevin Durant, except for the fact that he, you know, teamed up with Kyrie Irving. And Kyrie Irving's one of the least reliable, excellent players in sports history. That's not an overstatement. Reliability from a personality standpoint, from a professionalism standpoint, and from an injury standpoint, he's about as unreliable as any future Hall of Famer in any sport that I can remember. And now I think the Nets are in a spot where they're like, we're going to be damned if we're about to watch you opt out of this last year of your contract and then give you a four-year max. So I think that, it would appear, soured the relationship. Kyrie is doing what he does, going on Twitter and tweeting, you know, indecipherable memes. He just tweeted a a gif of Brother Muzon from The Wire, which, I listen, I am as big of a Wire fan as anyone in the world. Once upon a time, I thought I was writing a book on the 75 most <laughs> or best characters in the wire. All I know how to do is do lists. <laughs> so I actually sketched that out, but I, I can't decipher that Kyrie tweet. But here's what I know. The Nets are playing a dangerous game because as unreliable as Kyrie may or may not be, he is still clearly and unequivocally your second best player. And your third best player might be more unreliable than Ben Simmons. And he could walk for nothing. I know everyone is saying, oh, well, the teams with cap space like San Antonio or Orlando, he's not going to go there. Agreed. The Knicks would make the cap space and he could still live in New Jersey and he could just sign with the Knicks, or sign with the Knicks outright. Obviously, the Lakers would tr- do what they could to try to sign and trade for Kyrie. We've been talking about a three team Russell Westbrook to somewhere picks and role players to the Nets, Kyrie Irving to the Lakers. We've been talking about on the show for six months. I don't know if that's plot if that's realistic, but I know Shams put them on the list and he put the Clippers on the list. Go ahead. You're you you think Kyrie would rather go to the Knicks than the Lakers? No, but it is he could teams pushing in, as far as pushing for him. Well, the Lakers cannot sign him as a free agent. Like Kyrie Irving can opt out of his deal. The Knicks can make a few moves, which they will be able to make, and he could just sign there. The Lakers would have to execute a very complicated trade 
that would involve a team having to get Russell Westbrook and the Nets would have to cooperate. So it's just a lot harder to get to the Lakers or the Clippers. But it, we have been talking about the honeymoon period in with the Brooklyn Nets ending for quite some time. Little like inside basketball stuff. Joe Sy, the owner, keeps firing team presidents. Like they, they went through another team president this year, a guy I actually knew a bit. He's not happy. They would appear, the New York Daily News reported this, I think. He's not happy with the revenue compared to the money outlaid. Obviously not happy with in the three years of KD, Kyrie, year run, year one, out in round one, KD and Kyrie don't play in the playoffs. Year two, out in round two, Kyrie only plays part of the second round. Year three, the only team in the league swept in round one. But I understand why they don't want to give Kyrie the full max. I wouldn't want to give Kyrie the full max. But you're running the risk of what are you going to do? Try to reset the thing during another year of Kevin Durant, the tail end of his prime. It's dangerous, but this is the, you know, this is the cost of your own decisions, which is empowering Durant, which meant empowering Kyrie to a position that he had, that Kyrie flatly had not earned and had not shown the responsibility to be able to deserve, if you will. And after the year, he was promoting himself to assistant yeah. GM. Which is wild. Which is, I'm sure he's shocked negotiations aren't going well. It's like, I was going to be negotiating with myself, fellas. All right, what's next? Golden State Warriors keeping Kenny Atkinson's, but uh, Kenny Atkinson, sorry. Yep. But there's still change to come. Yep. Uh, Wiggins is in his last year of his deal. Looney's about to be a free agent, and Poole is up for an extension. Yeah. Uh, Steph thinks that Kamingo, Wiseman, and Poole are the next big three. Yep. Uh, the Warriors seem to be building for the future, but still are also chasing a title next yep. year. Yep. Is that possible? Can you do that? Well, I think they showed you could do it this year. They didn't trade. They they had two lottery picks. They not only did they not trade them, they drafted two of the youngest players in the draft in yeah. Kaminga and Moody, two guys who didn't see the court at all in the finals. Right. They drafted Wiseman a couple years ago, the year they had the was it the number two pick and he never played he flatly just never played the, yeah. the, and now he's been hurt so that's not because they didn't want him to play so they kept all those assets and just won the title now right now they're the favorites in Vegas to win next year I do not buy that and I understand that I am setting myself up did you know D.L. Hughley you know D.L. Hughley is obviously yeah. you don't know the comedian. Sort of don't. You absolutely know. Oh yeah, if I if I seen him, the Hughley sounds familiar. You he had a t- he had a TV show. You would absolutely recognize him. I'm gonna show you his face real quick. The reason I'm bringing up is this guy is putting me on his TikTok page. My old Andrew Wiggins take. That Andrew Wiggins take is gonna outlive me. So hold on, that's DL Hughley. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen him and a movies. So like. of course, so all these folks roasting me for the Wiggins take. Right. Well, eventually that's gonna have a shelf life. So let me give you guys another one. Man, I don't think the Warriors win another title anytime soon. I just don't. I you I, I'm gonna say something else. I you win a title, it lasts forever, it always counts. There is no asterisk, none of that. I didn't think that team was this great. They just won the title and never faced elimination. I didn't think they were that great. So who should be the favorites? The damn Milwaukee Bucks obviously should be the favorites. Okay. And in the West, I the Clippers are gonna be demonstrably better. The Nuggets should be better. The Lakers can't be worse. 
The Hornets and Grizzlies are on the uptick. The Hornets, sorry, the Pelicans and Grizzlies are on the uptick. Minnesota's not a contender, but they're on the uptick. Like, the only team in the West who you expect to be worse definitely is Utah and maybe Phoenix. And so I under the Warriors get massive credit for holding on to these young guys and still winning the title. But no, I don't think they're the favorites, and I don't think they, I think their chances of repeating are slim to none. All right, next. Okay, so uh, bigger loser in the finals than the Celtics, Kevin Durant. Okay. Uh, Steph passed him on probably just about everybody's top ten list, including yours. Uh, and the, that thing that you said about this isn't a part of the question, but sure. the 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 worst, worst possible outcome that yeah. could have happened to Kevin Durant if, happened to him. Yeah, I mean, well, and let's stay there just for a second before we get to the question. Because I do try to be fair and consistent with this. 13 months ago, I was on television. The day after, we went to, I don't think you were in New York yet. So I went with your mom and your sisters to game five, round two, Nets, Bucks, and Barclays. Yeah. The best game of Kevin Durant's life. He had, I'm doing this from memory, but I think it was 48 points. Either 17 or 19 played, rebounds. Played every minute of the game. And 10 assists. Yeah. Played every minute. It, no Kyrie, essentially no Harden. He's on one hamstring. Beats Giannis. Looks like they're going to win the title. Yeah. Steph had missed the playoffs in back-to-back years. In that moment, the post-KD Steph breakup, if you will, could not have been going better for Durant. He missed one year with injury, but we knew that was happening. Yeah. The two years without him, Steph hadn't played in a single playoff game, and Durant looked like the best player in the world. Since then, it ain't been like that. And so just like there was a point in time where last year's playoffs looked like the best-case scenario for the Durant versus Steph discussion, this year's playoffs where he gets swept, he doesn't play well, the team that sweeps him loses Steph, and Steph wins the title and plays great, that is the worst-case scenario. That's not – neither one of those is hyperbolic. But what's the question? Uh, so, Katie and Draymond coming at him – I mean, not Katie and Draymond. Mm-hmm. Draymond and fans coming at him on social media. Mm-hmm. And Charles Barkley said that Katie has to win the title while in the driver's seat. Yes. Uh, so, your Twitter pin pals are mates with Kevin Durant. Yeah, are you Ke- gonna- Kevin Durant and I are, are – we're I, I don't know if we're friendly, but I think I, I think the relationship is in a better spot than it once was. So, go ahead. <laughs> So are you going to defend him? Here's what I will defend Kevin Durant on. You can't defend the playoff series. What I will defend him on is this. And Barkley's right. The, the, the thing, just like Steph needs to check off a great start to finish finals, finals MVP on his resume, KD needs to check off, win a title outside of the incubator of Golden State on the resume. <laughs> he needs to check that out. Okay? Yeah. However, where I will defend Kevin Durant is this. Because... What is happening right now is people are like, oh, my God, he made such a mistake. Why would he leave Golden State? Because we told him to. The whole media said your legacy will be trash forever unless you leave, unless you go win somewhere else. And, and honestly, then the whole media is like, oh, my God, you could have won seven titles in with Steph. And he should have went and won the seven titles. Well, maybe, hey. but he would have gotten so. I, if I'm Durant, I am a little frustrated. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> You've got to be. You guys all said I had to leave. I left. And now you're like, you're such an idiot for leaving. Like, that's a very fickle, man. If you if your parent has a uh, owns a car dealership and 
you're like, and you're like your first job out of, out of college, go work for the car dealership. And then you become an executive vice president of the car dealership. Still got your dad's name on it. Yeah. You're making money. You're doing good. And everyone around you, it's like, you need to go prove it on your own. You need to go, go. You, you can't just follow in. You can't just take over your dad's business. And then you go. And a year later, everyone's like, man, what happened? To all that money you were making. <laughs> what a terrible decision. So stupid. You had it made. You'd be like, dude, you told me I had to leave. And so in that regard, I totally defend Durant. And here's the other thing I will defend Durant on. And this is where sports are not really fair, right? There were two guys who were, and I apologize, we once again have failed the clock. There were two guys who were uh, starting players on championship-level teams that were playing in cities with vaccine mandates that weren't vaccinated. One was Kyrie Irving. One was Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins got vaxxed. Kyrie Irving didn't get vaxxed. Kevin Durant has no control over that. Does anybody think the next season goes as disastrously if Kyrie makes the decision Wiggins did? And does anybody think the Warriors season goes as well if Wiggins makes the decision Kyrie did? So Durant's got, Durant's got no impact on that. Steph benefits Durant, gets dinged for it. Let, let's go another level. Both of these teams had a third-level player. One in James Harden goes totally AWOL haywire, quits on the team and leaves. Yeah. The other, Jordan Poole, goes from G-leaguer to briefly, like, oh, my God, is he a 20-point-per-game guy? Yeah. Durant has no impact on that either. So that's where I think he understandably gets a little frustrated with some of the media narrative stuff. So I get that. With all that said, he's got to do better. He's got to, you can't get swept in round one and shoot 38%. <laughs> that's not good. All right, last thing quickly, Philly. Harden likely to sign a short-term deal in, uh, in Philly. Yeah. Uh, report, there's reported a three-year deal is in the, uh, I'm sorry, is likely the outcome. Yeah. You and Daryl Morey are really good friends. Yeah. But this call could, you know, really screw him in the long run. Yeah, so listen, here's the deal. I would be squeamish about giving James Harden any money, the okay. way he looked and the way he's quit on a couple teams. But Daryl held on to Ben Simmons longer than anyone said he should, trying to get a star. He got the star that he's always wanted, that he did great with in Harden. Right. And I think, I haven't talked to Daryl about this. I think they believe that that, what, that that hamstring was a huge part of his issues. I know that sounds ridiculous, because it's like, is it the world's worst hamstring injury? But what I've been told about Harden is this. One of the things that made him the, the greatest Euro stepper ever was he is a guy who can jump off either leg equally. Right. And so the, the lack of explosiveness and strength in that one hand. It honestly makes a lot of sense. It does make sense. Now, to me, it doesn't explain the general lethargy, the, the fact that his playmaking. I mean, he was really just a shell of himself down the stretch, but they've got no other path. And so you've got to just hope that Harden can get back to 70% of what he once was, because that's the thing. And now we're going long. I said I wasn't. We, we have to, you know, we need to have a show meeting about this plot because I'm terrible at it. But I want to just remind people of what James Harden did. Forget last year's regular season when people were, last year in the regular season, people were arguing, can he win MVP of the league even though he quit on a team? That happened in the regular season. Last year in the postseason, before he got hurt, in round one against Boston, James Harden, this is post the hamstring injury initially, averaged 
28, 7, and 11, including a 41, 7, and 10, and to close them out, a 34, 10, and 10. That was the 34, 10, and 10 was June 1st. It was what, 10 or 12 and a half months ago. So I understand betting on Harden because you don't have any other choice, but yeah, it absolutely could screw him. But you have Joel Embiid, who's one of the very best players in the league. You've got to try to win right now. I've got to try to learn how to make 12 minutes, not 18 minutes. We'll be right back. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? By the way, we just came out with the latest edition of our 50 greatest players of the last 50 years. And that edition was being changed and edited up until the very last moment. Six weeks ago, it was Steph 12, Moses 11, Dr. J 10. Then when it looked like Steph was making the finals, we were, I said, all right, we got to have this on the fly. He jumps ahead of Moses. Then when he won the championship and got that elusive finals MVP, I said, got to be fair, he's ahead of Dr. J. So it's now Dr. J 12, I'm sorry, Moses 12, Dr. J 11, Steph 10. It is amazing, by the way, how many people, and this is what the internet's done to our attention span. The, the graphic says, Nick writes 50 greatest players of the last 50 years. Says of the last 50 years. Also, missing from it is Jerry West, Oscar Robertson, Elgin Baylor, Bob Pettit, George Mikan, let alone Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell, who wouldn't be revealed yet anyway because we're not into the, we haven't revealed the top nine. However, the number of people who have tweeted to me, oh, Nick, where's the consistency? You said all week Steph's not top 10 all time, and now you have a number 10. It's like, you idiots. The, I also did a contest for that. Contest is now closed. I don't know if anyone won it because uh, there were too many submissions where I said, if you guess one through 12 perfectly, you're going to, uh, I'll pay 500 bucks to your favorite charity and 500 bucks to you cash, uh, cash app, Venmo, whatever. There were multiple people who might've gotten it exactly right, except they included Wilt and Russell on the list. Like they didn't obey the rules of that the top 12, it's of the last 50 years, but it should have been, those people should have realized, wait, I'm including Wilt and Russell, which means this list all of a sudden doesn't have Larry Bird or Akeem Olajuwon or whoever they left out. But right. That's neither here nor there. So nine and eight are coming out this coming Sunday. And I think the numbers for both of these guys, everyone knows how great these players are or they think they do. But I think the numbers, they were jaw dropping for you to Monze. I think it'll be jaw dropping for the audience. Also into today's show in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about uh, one of my highlights of 2022. But first, let's get to the rest of the show. Demonze, go right ahead. Four days ago, Tyreek Hill said that Tua was more accurate, a more accurate passer than yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. uh, Mahomes is surprised by these comments. Yeah, uh, He said offense is about more than one player. Mm -hmm. uh, Seam Hill was very eager to take a shot or throw uh, Pat throw Mahomes under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Do you think Tyreek Tyreek Hill will be a head case because of his botched decision? Well, listen, you can't get everything in life. Tyreek took the money, yeah, took the weather, took the security, and the trade-off is you go from arguably the most talented quarterback to ever play to arguably not one of the 25 best current starting quarterbacks. Tyreek knows that. I I wish, you know, Eric Mangini says a lot, you don't have to blow out somebody else's candle to make yours brighter. Right. I wish he could try to build up Tua without taking little shots at Mahomes. Because then it, put, it, feel, it puts Tua in a weird position. But it also becomes less believable. Yeah. If he was, if he, when he said, the quote that Tyreek said, that I think we were like, oh, okay. Tyreek said something along the lines of, hey, I went nine catches for buck 54 with Matt Moore as the quarterback once. Two is 10, t- 10 Matt Moores. I think people were like, okay, maybe. But right. when you start trying to compare Tua to Patrick Mahomes, no one believes you, and it feels like you're overcompensating. Do I think Tyreek, if things aren't going well, could become a handful? I do. Listen, Tyreek was one half of the most important play in Chiefs history, Wasp, to pull that Super Bowl out of the fire. He is a future Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest receivers of his era. I also think that, let me put it like this. If he puts up monster numbers anywhere close to what he put up with the Chiefs, right. then I think he was he's a future Hall of Famer, and I think he's underrated. I don't think that's going to happen, however, and I do think that this could be not great for Miami. I also think Miami was hoping they were going to have Tom Brady. I think there was a lot. Yeah. There, there's a lot there. All right, next. NFL reportedly wants to significantly or maybe even give Deshaun Watson a full suspension. Full year suspension. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one might think that means that the Browns want to keep Baker around. Yep. Browns so eager, but the Browns are so eager to get rid of Baker, they were willing to pay the Panthers half of his salary. Yeah. Is it too early to call Deshaun Watson's trade a just total disaster? No, I don't think it's too early. I don't think it's too early at all. And I think that there is a chance this goes down as one of the biggest errors any team has ever made. The Cleveland Browns won one game in the two years before they drafted Baker Mayfield. They were 1-15 and then 0-16. And then he got, (laughs) for real, then he got there and they won seven games his first year. His second year was no good. His th- and they had Freddie Kitchens as their head coach, maybe the worst coach I've ever seen. His third year, they won a playoff game and were in a one-score game at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. Right. His fourth year, they were 3-2, and two, and the losses were to the Chiefs, and I forget the other one. I think it was to the Chargers, like 47-42, and then Baker got his shoulder ruined and played poorly the rest of the way. They still were hovering around 500. And the Browns decided we're going to torch that relationship entirely to go after someone who has as horrifying of off-field allegations as we've seen for any player in the last decade. They made that decision, just hoping and praying that this was going to go away. And listen, I am not uh, in the criminal justice system. I am not in the Browns franchise or the NFL front office. But what I would say is this. 
If you are weighing the pros and cons of bringing someone in and someone in the meeting is like, well, what if there are more accusers? Someone else in the meeting and someone's like, well, what are the odds of that? I would say pretty damn high when the current accuser number was at 22. When it was already at 22, the idea that it wasn't going to maybe tick up to 23 or 24 was foolish of them. And they didn't do a good job keeping that. I think there is a strong argument to be made that no team should have traded for Deshaun. But if you want to set the horrifying off-field allegations aside and talk just football from a purely football perspective, because you knew a substantial suspension was likely in the offing, you should only have done it if you had no court, if you had no hope at quarterback whatsoever. Right. And so, yeah, I think that this is a potential disaster. Baker shouldn't even want to play there. Oh, he he clearly doesn't want to play there. But if I, and that's the other thing the Browns screwed up. What they should be doing right now is going to Baker Mayfield and saying, "Listen, it's pretty clear your trade value is not where we want it or where you would like it. The teams you could possibly go to are going to be worse teams than us." Yes, we've made it clear you're not our quarterback of the future. However, let's help each other out here. Right. You play for us for eight to 16 games this season. We, you can rebuild your value. We can contend. And then this, if it's the whole year, you're a true free agent after this year. You can go get paid. And if it's midway through the year, you can show the league you're still a viable, real starting quarterback. But I don't think they've handled this well at all. And I think they forgot they're the Browns for a minute. And they're like hovering around 500 isn't good enough. You won one game in the two years before Baker walked through that door. Now, there's other things that went along with that. But there are also other things that went along with his struggles, not the least of which were his injuries. In fact, that he had four offensive coordinators and four head coaches in four years. Okay, all right, let's play a game. Let's try to end on a lighter note before we get to my glorious Father's Day. Time for two wrongs, one right. Yep, let's do it. Which big-name free agent is worth going all in for? Okay. Out of DeAndre Ayton, uh-huh. Bradley Beal, or Zach Levine? Levine is probably the safest because he's younger than Beal. He doesn't have the injury issues of Beal. Ayton is a cross-off to me. If you want to pay a center... Max money. I need that center to be Embiid, Jokic, Anthony Davis. Fair. I and Aiton is nowhere close to that. Okay. And I think we saw, by the way, that you can. There are certain teams that can. Kavon Looney made the Mavs pay for playing small more than DeAndre Aiton made the Mavs pay for playing small. That's, That's true. a problem, right? The question with Beal is the injury. If if you guaranteed me three years of health for any of these guys, Beal would be my answer because of Beal a little bit older and the injury, Zach Levine. Uh, because of the injury factor, I'd say Levine, but I like Beal as a player and as kind of a steady hand more than I like uh, more than I like Levine. I know that's kind of a cop out, but that's where I'm at. All right, next. Yeah. Uh, draft is on Thursday. Yeah. Bet one of these. Bet on one of these guys to go first. Yeah. Uh, Jabari Smith. Yep. Chet Holmgren mm-hmm. or Paolo Bonchero. So I was very curious if you were going to nail all those pronunciations. 
I'm going to give you a 9 out of 10 because you mispronounced Ben Caro's last name, but you did it in a way a lot of people do. You did the ch and it's k. So, ben Caro. Yeah, there you go. You got it there. So, I, I, so first of all, good job by you. <laughs> uh, my pick would be, if I'm the Magic, would be Jabari. I think it's probably going to be Chet. So I would the one that I would be shocked by is Boncaro. I don't think Paolo has any real shot of going number one. I would draft Jabari. I think they're going to draft Chet. And now, oh, it's one of my favorite words, charlatans. Okay, what's last? What are we doing? Yeah, Kenny Atkinson backed out of the Hornets coaching job. Yeah, that Ooh. was crazy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Who had the most egregious flip-flops since our show started? Oh, my God. <laughs> Kenny Atkinson screwing the Hornets, uh-huh. Brady's fake retirement, yeah, or you switching off of the team that ended up winning the finals. Okay, mine was dumb, but it came from an honest place. I Kenny Atkinson, I think the Warriors just decided to pay him a lot of money, and they said that's a I can get a better head coaching job than Charlotte. Yeah, <laughs> the answer is Tom Brady, as me, Dan Lebetard, and. Ben Valin and Mike Florio are the only people that really care about this story. But Tom Brady announced his retirement days before the Super Bowl, and it didn't last six weeks, and it was all a ploy to get to a different team. And now we're supposed to believe he's all in on the Bucks. The answer unequivocally, unabashedly, unquestionably is Tom Brady. Just as unquestionable as how awesome my Sunday was. We will explain next. <laughs> What's right? I think that was like your fourth time teasing it. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, save $30 on the American-made Steel FS56 RCE Trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, welcome back in. Last segment, What's Right with Nick Wright. We appreciate you watching, subscribing, downloading, listening, all the ways you do it. I think we're right at 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. I think our podcast numbers are doing well. I know the Twitter page for the What's Right show just passed 10,000. We really appreciate it. We'd really appreciate it if you tell people about the show. You know, if you have a following and you think the show's good, you know, publicize it and I'll, and I'll pay you in gratitude if nothing else. Uh, and now I'm going to tell you a very self-congratulatory story. And also, I think, an impressive story because I am doing this show and I did the TV show. The last time I slept was 8 a.m. Sunday morning. So I've not slept in however many hours that is. I can't. I'm not doing the math right now because I'm done. You said 8 a.m. Sunday morning. I woke up 8 a.m. Sunday morning, and I have been up until right now. So Father's Day rolling around. Good math, buddy. I mean, come on. Good math, buddy. Jesus Christ. Uh, no, I, I said story. I couldn't do it. You did it quickly. Uh, okay, so here's the deal. So, Father's Day, obviously Sunday. Also, Father's Day, I know my wife has Trentage to run, and her best friend is in from Memphis, and it's Juneteenth, and I know they're going to want to go out. And I typically, I'm not, I don't really go out and drink on nights before the show. So I knew that. There might be a window 
where she wasn't expecting me to be involved. And I knew it was Father's Day, so I had a little extra leeway. Okay. I also knew this. The World Series of Poker is going on right now. And the World Series of Poker is live in Vegas, but there are a few high-dollar events that are online events that because of America's bizarre gambling rules, you can only play if you are... You don't have to be from. You have to be physically located in Nevada or New Jersey. Yeah. Okay? So there was one that was starting Sunday at 6 p.m. It was a... Thousand dollar Potlum in Omaha World Series of Poker circuit event, circuit championship. And I said, I want to play in this thing. And I want to figure out how I can play in this thing and still be a great dad, still do <laughs> Father's Day, figure out the whole thing. So we did the whole Father's Day morning. You guys gave me this awesome sweatsuit. It was a pretty You guys gave thing. me amazing cards. We went to a great lunch. And then I went to the old Priceline, found a hotel with a really nice pool right across the old George Washington Bridge. <laughs> and I said to my wonderful children, I'm like, hey, the girls most notably, because I knew you, this wouldn't be as exciting for you, but to your sisters, hey, you guys want to spend the night in a hotel? They said, yeah. So you get to go swimming. They oh. said, sounds amazing. They're like, that's really how you want to spend Father's Day, Dad? Like, well, here's the thing. I'm gonna be your <laughs> business center hooked up to a you know hardwired internet connection playing in this poker tournament. Now, you don't sign up for a poker tournament if you don't have the time to play the entire thing. You gotta say how long how long will it take for this thing to be over? Because I'm not gonna pay a thousand dollar entry and be like, oh, I'll go out in 78th place right. and just blow the money. So I obviously have to make sure if I sign up for this tournament, there's no chance I'm going to miss the TV show. Right. But I'm also doing, I, I want to play in this tournament from New Jersey. So there's always the chance of like traffic or something. So I, I brought my suit with me, brought an iPad, brought a computer, did everything I could need. And I had in the back of my brain, I'm like, worst case scenario. I'm gonna have to do some explaining to the bosses, but I'm gonna do. You end up doing Skype or that I was Zoom. going. I was gonna Skype the TV show if if you know <laughs> if it happened. I was like, I don't think that'll happen, but if it does, at least I'll be dressed and I can say, hey, you know what? I've been having internet issues at home. <laughs> I, I went. I needed a more reliable connection. And I signed up for this poker tournament. First place was it was a thousand dollar buy in pot limit Omaha, unlimited reentry, so you could fire bullet after bullet after bullet. If you wanted to. First place ended up being about $30,000. Sign up. Your sister's swimming. They come back. Like, you're still playing this tournament? I'm like, I am. Like, what are we doing for dinner? I'm like, well, you guys like five guys? They're like, five guys? <laughs> like, there's one literally right there. I think five guys will be delivered to this hotel. I can't get up. <laughs> five guys comes. They eat. I'm still playing the tournament. They turn on a movie on Netflix. I'm still playing in the tournament. Your older sister wakes up about two in the morning. Padre, are you still playing in this tournament? Oh, I am, which means I'm on a deep run. You're up there, yeah. 3 a.m. rolls around. We are approaching what you call the money bubble. Top 11 get paid. 11th place was, I don't know, a couple grand. I didn't, I didn't come to New Jersey, stay up all night, 
to win a thousand dollars. Tell you that much. <laughs> so playing. All of a sudden, I'm I'm at risk of being the person that bubbles this tournament. So I dig deep, and I say, you know what? We're going. We're gonna. We're not gonna get tilted. We had. We had a. We had with fourteen people left. A poker players will get this. Uh, I have the nut flush on a queen four seven five three heart board. I get. I am. I the, the reason I was almost on the money bubble. I was third in chips. I have the nut flush with one card to come. I get the person who's fifth in chips to put all his money in. He has queen queen, so he needs the board to pair, or I am the massive chip leader. Not only is the board pair, it's a queen. He has quads. All of a sudden, I'm low. I fight my way back up. Now we're down to nine. Now we're down to six. We're at the final table. It's four in the morning. Clock's a ticking on the old TV show. We're down to six people. With three people left, I took the chip lead. Unfortunately, while this story is a great story, it is not a truly one in a, you know, glorious story of where I tell you I won the 30,000. I briefly had the chip lead. I think I made a really good fold. I'll never know. Two hands later, I get, it's PLO, so you get drawn out on. I'm in a huge pot. Uh, We're all short because of the blinds. I end up going out in third for a smooth $12,800. It was then 4.45 a.m., girl still sleeping, drove straight home, left them sleeping. Dior is 17, totally responsible behavior by me. Did the old Zoom call for the TV show, did the TV show. As soon as the TV show was over, drove back to the hotel. Girls eating room service, having the time of their life. I'm dad of the year, 12 grand richer. It's on my Hinden Mob profile shortly. World Series of Poker Circuit event added pot limit Omaha to it. It only been, we'd only had hold them on there. Now we have a little PLO third place in a circuit event. And, you know, I might become a Marriott uh, Bon Voyage member, a little points because that's a short little drive across the GW. (laughs) And guess what? They got a lot of tournaments. It happens often. Oh, the the next few weeks it does. The next few weeks it sure does during the World Series of Poker. I just got to, and if these tournaments are during the day, I could just do what you do for your work. Just post up in a Starbucks, hang out. You just have to be physically located in Jersey. So if if you had if you had still been you know in the pot mm-hmm. once it got to like second and first place, would you have played the Would you have played the tournament on the show? Oh, would if the have, tournament if, if it was down to the final three, and it was gonna like seven twenty eight, I guess we'll never know. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what they, <laughs> they pay me well. They don't pay me 30 grand a show. <laughs> so like at some point, like it'd be an irresponsible decision. I've also never taken a sick day and I would have been sick <laughs> to have to leave that tournament. So I listen, there's neither here nor there. Nobody's the wiser. I, however, have not slept in what Demonte says is over 27 hours. So I'm going to get a nap. And yeah, figure out what the next grand tournament is. Like is. Drinking four Red Bulls. Say it again. I said winning twelve grand is like drinking four oh, Red Bulls. Oh, it, it felt great. Like you're awake off great. of that high. Your sisters right now. both got a one percent free roll on that. What do you mean? I told them because they went with me and they supported me. They each got one percent, <laughs> so they each got hundred and twenty bucks. Wait, what's 
What? What's going on here? Where's my Where's my 120 books? I uh, you didn't come. You were invited, and when we were leaving, you were asleep. Sleep. I was yeah. asleep. So that's where your 120 bucks is. You I wonder what Deanna's going to do with her 120 bucks. Uh, I have a pretty good idea <laughs> what she's going to do with all her money. It ends up back in my bank account. I can give her ten percent. What she? What she got? She? What she get? Zell? She got, she got a piggy bank. It just goes in back in my pocket. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday.